Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hey, everybody. Let me talk to you here for a second. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Here, let me explain real quick. First off, it's free. That is the best word in the English language. Free. There's also a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much, much more you can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. That's big. I mean, huge for brand new podcasters. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Just download the free Anchor app or go to anchorfm.com to get started. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh. Got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Hello, welcome everyone to the main event, Mark's Podcast. It's the last one of 2020. I'm your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, Troy Adams. And joining me as always is the main event collector and the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia. He is the Shannon Moore to my Shane Helms. He is Greg. What's up, Greg? What's up? Why that? You don't want to be three count? I don't want to be Shannon Moore. First of all, I hate tattoos. Second of all, he sucks. Why do I got to be that loser? Well, because I because I said so. I do the intros. I don't know. Uh, yeah, did he ever have like a like in three count? I know it was Sugar Shane. Did Shannon have a a nickname or was it just Shannon Moore? They called him Sweet Shannon a couple times. Oh, okay. but I think that was too close to Sweet Stan of the Midnight Express. 
<laughs> I noticed they dropped it quickly, but they didn't call him that. Wow. Uh, well, Incorrigible Evan. <laughs> wow. Well, you know what Tony Schiavone calls him is nothing happening, Evan Courageous. Wow. <laughs> Contrary to what I just said about Shannon, I don't think any of them were bad. Yeah. Shannon was the third of the three, obviously. Well, this is the kind of stuff you can expect on this show, ladies and gentlemen. An argument over the best guy in three count. So I'm glad, I'm Overall, glad. we can agree it's Shane, though, right? I mean, oh, well, yeah, at the end of the day, definitely Shane. Shannon had the second longest tenure out of all of them. Uh, so he's number two. Evan Courageous has dropped off the freaking planet after WCW, I think. Uh, well, as you can tell, we're talking about just awesome things like WCW in the year 2000. Yeah, we are on topic. Yeah, so I, unfortunately, yeah, uh, WCW 2000, man, it just uh, it was it was something. Uh, Vince Russo was gone by this point. Bill Goldberg was just talking major crap about him in uh, every interview he could do, and it was just I think everybody was kind of trashing him at this point. I mean, I why not? Why. Yeah, it's not like he came in and just like took a huge dump all over everything. And laugh. He has he like, like three friends in wrestling: Dixie Carter, Jeff Jarrett, AJ Styles. That's it. Well, I guess him and Jeff aren't friends anymore. So okay, there you go. That one. Yeah. Uh, well, you're forgetting Disco Inferno. Is that a well? That's a New York <laughs> thing. Just like him and AJ will always be a Christian thing. Okay, so I don't think anyone really is friends with him because of his writing skills. <laughs> uh, maybe Ed Ferrara. I, I don't. Well, know. He's just as bad, though. I mean. Well, yeah. I mean, that one's just kind of like. Uh, I don't. I can't even make a good comparison. Ed Ferrara, I think, is a part of the crew at this point. Still, by the way, I believe uh, he's on the crew until the end. What did I say a couple? Weeks I believe ago? this show is Kevin Sullivan. Sorry, what? Well, what did I say a couple weeks ago about you know the the fart of Vince Russo is gone, but the stench remains. <laughs> this kind of stuff is exactly what I'm talking about, man. This is their WrestleMania, their Super Bowl. This is the only the only I want reason to preface that before we even start. Yeah, uh, yeah, we definitely have to say that. Uh, the only reason we're reviewing this, by the way, is because it's the last one. Not because it was significant, because it was good. No, because it was the final one under the WCW banner and before it became a house show for the WWE. I like to, and, I like to challenge how this is not significant, but... Oh, my gosh, yeah. No, big well, thing. the last one. Yeah, I, I mean, that is its only significance. It's last... Uh, it's, just, it's like the the bad footnote. You're like, oh yeah. I need a laxative to watch this show, but anyways. Right, yeah, uh, purge yourself of the crap. But <laughs> okay, after the show, <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, but before we do, I just want to mention if anybody has been following the Fig Fed on Mondays and once a month, we've done two sets of pay per views so far. The latest one just came out on Sunday. It's uh, Winter Jam and uh, Indestructible. If Anybody's been following that, the main event, the Figure Federation, it is, uh, as of now, dead. We're going to put a pin in it, maybe come back to it at a later date. But for right now... It was too much. Yeah, it, yeah, it was It was a lot. I, it was putting a lot on Greg and I to write. It was putting a lot on me to edit. Especially during this time of year, it kind of sucked. So thank you all for listening. Go back and listen to the archives. It might be erased off of the podcast uh, like feed after a while, but it will remain on YouTube. So, you know, thank you all for uh, checking it out. And before we hit the break here, I want to uh, roll tide. There you go. Yeah. No, I, Who are you drinking? I'm, uh, it's a sponsor. 
uh, drinking, I think it's pronounced Zients Energy, spelled with an X. So, I don't know. It's a it's an energy drink, fruit punch. It's got zero sugar. So, I'm drinking an energy drink, but it's kind of healthy. I don't know. Please sponsor us, Zients. <laughs> All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, it's all the news and notes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now, back to our program. News and notes time. It is December of the year 2000. <laughs> and, sorry, uh, I, just, I can't imagine what you're going to say. <laughs> what, the, what, for the news? Yeah. Just, or just... Oh, okay. just what, can, well, what else could it possibly be? <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, well about that... Uh, Okay, well, the first one, because I'm going to do the WCW news last because, you know, we're covering WCW, and I always try to do that as the lead-in to the pay-per-view. But first thing is, WWF's first pay-per-view of the year, or final pay-per-view of the year, excuse me, Armageddon, is in the books, and it was a total one-match show. Uncle Dave says that the six-man Hell of Cell match main event may have been the best WWF match of the year. It was also the first WWF pay-per-view in over a year that didn't sell out. They gave out free tickets to anyone who bought season tickets for the Birmingham Bolts XFL team uh, and papered the rest. So the building was still pretty much full, even if 3,000 of them were freebies. Lots to unpack there. Um, what do you remember about Armageddon 2000? The epic Hell in a Cell, obviously. Do you uh, agree that it was it might have been the best match of the year for WWF? I, I don't know, because like, I think the, the street fight at Royal Rumble in January... Was better, yeah. The rock, yeah. rock and angle for the title was probably better. I don't know if we mentioned Benoit on the show, but him and Rock for the title was better at fully loaded. So, no, I don't agree with that. Yeah, actually, I will say this was entertaining as hell. I, I'm a little. Oh, I loved it. I'm not. One and all time. Yeah, I'm not going to say like I didn't love it. I did. It's just like match the year. No. Am I the only one that was surprised? Like, especially that I can't remember what year it was. For it just seemed like every WWE pay per view had like every match was like a multi person match. Do you remember that? What year? And I used to like just, I can't remember. It was it was a few years back, and I was complaining about it. Like, and I was like, oh, I bet they're going to turn that into a multi man match. And then you'd you'd message me, and you're like, Well, oh, that was it's like I'm gonna six- say like 2015, 16. Everything was a triple threat. Yeah. Yeah, triple threat, and then and then they started making it. It's like, well, how about a fatal four way? How about a you know a five pack challenge or whatever the hell? And it's like, God, dang it. Uh, but yeah, am I the only one that was surprised that year they didn't bring this back? Like, yeah. let's have a six person hell again. Yeah, but it, it made sense because you threw all three fuse together. Yeah, uh, I just, I mean, this this was good. I remember it fondly. I used to like doing that in the in the video games. I would always do the Armageddon Hell in a Cell match. 
That's like the one yeah, but as far as that's never been taken out. Yeah. Uh, my, my thing here that I had to laugh about, they gave out free tickets to anyone who bought season tickets to the Birmingham Bolts XFL team. How many people could that be? Apparently enough to make this crowd look sizable. <laughs> I guess. It's, it's like... Dude, to be fair, Alabama like, only has one thing. And you already mentioned him at the, show, at the top of the show. So... Maybe they right. have quite a few fans. Yeah, that's just they're like, whatever, it's football. We'll watch it. Staying on this note, by the way, Undertaker has stopped using Kid Rock's American Badass as his entrance theme and is instead using some new Limp Biscuit song because the WWF didn't want to pay to renew the rights to use the Kid Rock one. I mean, yeah, I think Roland it was better out. anyways. I mean, I loved American Badass. I thought it was a cool entrance theme, but yeah, Roland was pretty iconic uh, as far as. I stopped liking it the moment I realized it was a ripoff of Sad But True. So. Oh, well, yeah. But I love Sad But True, so I was cool. I was like, ah, all right. I, it took me, like, a while to figure that out, by the way. I'm like, oh, it's an epic guitar. And I'm like, wait a minute. That's uh, a Sad But True. I think you mentioned Sad But True in the song, so. No, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I don't miss that. <sighs> Criminal charges against Davy Boy Smith. Stemming from death threats he allegedly made against his estranged wife and sister-in-law. Have, in exchange, Smith had to agree to have no contact with either of them and to not use any non-prescription drugs. Tells me he didn't uh, stop using non-prescription drugs before his death, but I don't know. Didn't he die from, like, overdose or something like that, or was it just, like, heart issues? I think it was heart issues. Okay, I yeah, he I think he did. Okay, well, that's good. I I know he... I mean, you can only pump yourself full of, of stuff so much before your heart just says, I've had enough. So, that sucks, man. I mean, any... Especially with all the deaths going on right now, to think about that. Uh, by the way, uh, rest in peace, Brody Lee passed away, you know, over the weekend. So, this is the first show we've had a chance to mention it. At this Sam and Jerry Lynn are the only two wrestlers to ask for their re- to be released from their ECW contracts. Both are talking to other companies, but neither has officially left ECW yet. RVD said that he did suffer a knee injury while filming a movie in Thailand a few weeks ago, but he Black says Mass it's completely too, healed now. Oh, I've never, never heard of that one. RVD said that that injury is not why he missed the pay-per-view. In a recent radio interview, he gave the impression that he is pretty much done with ECW, Though he didn't totally shut the door on them. Spoiler, yeah, they both got uh, last pay per view, so all this is a moot point. Yeah. I that that shocks me that they're the only two that won out of their ECW contracts, really? There's not more? I it's just Uh I at don't the know. end, Maybe they're the, the only one. two worth a damn. So I think everyone else realized, yeah. hey, we suck, we're staying. Uh, Brad Siegel held a meeting with all the WCW executives and department heads to discuss the situation with the company. For the first time, Siegel admitted that the company is up for sale. He mostly talked about WCW's problems of high costs, not generating any revenue, and how the higher-ups aren't too happy uh, about it because the AOL merger is happening, and they see WCW as a money loser that they want off the books. He talked about them cutting back on shows, saying it's cost prohibitive, and go on the road with a big production crew and fly talent out and run live shows. None of that was uh, false, I assume. I mean, I wasn't there, but... 
Even Bischoff yeah. said they were losing money. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, they, they keep sticking to this figure, and it's all because of Brian Alvarez with his stupid Death of WCW book. They always stick to this one uh, price point. This, oh, they lost X amount of million dollars in one year. And Bischoff himself was saying, he's like, you know, we were part of a like a big company with different departments. And because nobody liked WCW, to get losses off of their books, they would throw the losses onto WCW. So it just made us look like we were losing more money than we actually were. Yeah, he said they were literally a footnote in all their books. Yeah, he said it was listed under other. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's sad. And WCW was making a lot of money in, uh, 90, I think, 97, 98, even 99. I think they were making money there for a while. I don't know. It, they just go on one? about. Yeah. All right. Was, October was 99. Yeah. Yeah. Last couple months, and uh, now all of a sudden, oh look, we're hemorrhaging money. Who knew? <laughs> I don't know, man. It uh, this was a bad situation all the way around. Uh, speaking of a bad situation all the way around, there is a ton of heat within WCW because Nitro two weeks ago aired on Tuesday instead of Monday due to the live David Copperfield special TNT was airing. <laughs> I remember My that. God, they bumped. I remember I, that. <laughs> they bumped Nitro for David Copperfield. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the problem. I is, think that was the night uh, the that is, big Rock and Undertaker match on Raw too. To make sure they blew him away, no matter what. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! <laughs> uh, the problem is WCW somehow wasn't aware that they were getting bumped until four weeks before. So it was mentioned on Nitro or Thunder the week prior, and fans had no idea that Nitro wasn't going to be on the usual Monday. And WCW had no way to promote the Tuesday airing other than posting about it on their website. Wow. So give me a the rumor was quick, Terry Taylor. Give me a quick uh, comparison. Even AEW did pretty decent numbers when they came on late after basketball. Yeah, right. So. Well, and they and they made sure to pound it home with everybody. Hey, uh, you know, don't tune in at your normal time. I mean, the good grief. And they did it for a while, but this. Uh, the rumor is Terry Taylor knew about this in plenty of time and just forgot about it. And then he was like, oh, yeah, uh, we're getting bumped in a couple of weeks. And they're like, son of a. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> but no, I'm going home. Bye. Yeah. So uh, my horse is sick. I got to go. <laughs> my rooster's sick. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> what the hell? That's going to be a shirt. Uh, WCW's TV schedule for the rest of the month really sucks for him. Due to Christmas, Nitro is not airing at all that week. Thunder will air a highlighted show called Best of Thunder 2000, and Uncle Dave is genuinely curious to see if they can scrape together two hours worth of actual good material <laughs> that, that happened on Thunder in 2000. You might get more oh, out man. of the Best of Al Snow tape. Oh my gosh. Uh, but WCW still has obligations to air Nitro and Thunder in other countries, so even though Nitro won't air in the U.S., they're going to film an episode of Nitro that will air only overseas, no storylines planned, just matches, then basically the same thing the next week on New Year's. Oh my gosh. So, so, no storylines, only matches. How is that any different than the U.S. version of Nitro? Uh, because I think it's reverse. No matches, only storylines. Sure. At least that's the way, I mean, that's the way it seemed to me, because, like, there was, like, the matches were always, like, secondary. 
Like, we got to have this BS going on in the backstage area. Oh, by the way, there's a match going on, I guess. (laughs) That's why I hated it. It's like, this wasn't wasn't anything worth watching. And I say that right before we get into the pay-per-view. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it is our final... Yeah. When we come back, it's going to be our final review of the year 2020. We are 20 years removed from this show, and it's still not far enough. When we come back, it's WCW Starcade 2000. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 Smart Bed is the only bed that effortlessly adjusts and responds to both of you. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our 4th of July special. The new Queen Sleep Number 360 C2 Smart Bed is only $8.99. Plus free premium delivery when you add a base. Ends Monday. To learn more, go to sleepnumber.com. Now, back to our program. All right, WCW Starcade 2000. Uh, the date was December 17th, 2000. The tagline, unedited, unpredictable, unreal. Uncensored. Um, yeah, right. Uh, the, uh, the venue was the MCI Center in Washington, D.C., which I feel they went there, what, the last five years or something? Yeah, I mean, I think it started with with the, my, the last one we did, the match of the century. It started then. Yeah. That's, that's, no, that was Nashville. I think it started in 97. Ah, okay. Oh. Well, the attendance was only 6,596. Are you ready for these pay-per-view buy rates, Greg? I am, but that attendance, by the way, for, for this show, I think is pretty good. But anyways. <laughs> it's, yeah, for WCW 2000, the, that was decent attendance. For anything else, you're like, ugh. Uh, get ready to say "ew" here in a second. Pay-per-view buy rate point point eleven fifty thousand buys. Still, all drew TNA. <laughs> I, I don't know what that's saying, but holy crap! <clears throat> I was one uh, of them. I mean, I you know I was at my buddy's house, but I was one of the ones watching this. You ordered this? Oh man! Did you? Ask well, for I your put in. I, I put in for the order. I mean, I think we all pitched in. So. Ah, uh, yeah. You're like, I want my five bucks back. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. was... The, well, and, and you know how he's kickoff hot show, Greg? Chavo Guerrero Jr. comes out to spectate during the opening match. That's how we kick off Starcade, baby. But the opening match was... My gosh, you made it worse somehow. The opening match was a ladder match, and the man who grabs a contract wins a shot at the cruiserweight title. It was three count, which was Shannon Moore and Shane Helms at this point, uh, versus Jamie Noble and Evan Courageous versus the was it the Young Dragons or Jung Dragons? I it can was never the pronounce Young Dragons. Yes, Young Dragons. Okay. Ah, all right. Well, anyway, the Young Dragons, Kaz Hayashi and Yang, they had Leah Meow in their corner or Leah Meow, whatever. This uh, this went for thirteen minutes seventeen seconds. The rules of the match are there are three tag teams. However. Even though they're technically a team, only one of them can grab the contract, so they're also against each other. Also, i got to point out that they were tagging in and out, too, by the way. Yeah, my first note of the match. This starts <laughs> as a tag match, and I'm super confused. 
I didn't get it either. I, I remember like, watching this match. I forgot they tagged in and out. This whole concept. Uh, and the and there was a botched move between Shannon Moore and Kasayashi right away, and both men just planted hard into the mat. Did you see that? Yeah. that just They both hit, and everybody was like, oh. And it took them a minute to stand back up. I was like, they're dead. Uh, but these guys are super green. I mean, it, don't get me wrong. This match didn't suck, but you could tell they're super green. Look, look, I'm going to just say this right now. Best match of the card. Like, make that clear. <laughs> Not to jump yeah, ahead. Much, but... <laughs> look, I'm crapping on this hard, but at the same time, yes, it was the best match of the card. Tony Schiavone at one point unironically uses the phrase, quote, it was a swerve. <laughs> Russo being this was an absolute, swerve, too. Yeah. I said this was an absolute car wreck, but it was very entertaining. Three count, shake hands at the top of a ladder bridge that they built, and they both pull the contract down together. Uncle Dave gave this four stars. I gave it three and a half. What say you? I gave it three. I got to point out, by the way, that that thing with the ladder, uh, making a platform with the ladder, that was just WrestleMania 2000 with Edge and Christian. Yeah, I was going to say. Totally some originality I, I, there. I was going to say, the, didn't this happen earlier this year at WrestleMania with a better tag a team? A far better match with, like, six Hall of Famers, yes. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> My God, it's horrible. It's like they can't even get original with the ending here. Yeah, I did but, like uh, how they came up together and, you know, like a show of unity. I remember watching right. this thinking, one of them's going to turn on someone, and that's it. That was the whole point of the match, was to get you to turn on your partner. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's just, uh, uh, I will say Tony Schiavone was in full uh, I don't give an F mode here. You could tell his commentary was just he. I mean, he was doing okay, but his commentary, you could tell he was just dead inside at this point. So, uh, speaking of I being dead inside. If I'm, doing the, if I'm doing the math here, I think uh, only a couple of them went on to do something after WCW died. What, in this match? Yeah, no, after, yeah, yeah, I mean, before it died. I think only Shane Helms went on to be Cruiserweight Champion. That was it. The rest of them were kind of just oh, there. yeah. Right, yeah. But yeah, speaking of uh, dying a little bit inside, we get this next segment where uh, Lance Storm oh, approaches Jim... <laughs> Lance Storm approaches Jim Duggan, who's in street clothes, in the locker room. Storm tells Duggan that if he wants a career, he needs to join Team Canada. Uh, okay? Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry, I where am I missing? I follow this whole thing. I didn't follow this whole thing, but uh, yeah, Jim Duggan, uh, proud Canadian. That, uh, but we the also get Elix Skipper. Canadian, in, talking about? Yeah. Uh, we now see, speaking of reluctance, we now see Jeff Jarrett and I, I said creative control, but I guess they're just the Harris brothers now. They either are the bald guys. Yeah. So either way, Jeff Jarrett and the Harris brothers approach Mike Sanders above average. Mike Sanders. Hell Yes. Make sure you hit that. And he home. says that he wants. Yeah, because he's not good. He's not great. He's just not, he's above average. He's not even average. He's above average. Yeah. So I, I, I don't yeah, care it if it's a stupid thing. I liked it because I thought it was original. I'm like, who the hell calls themselves above average? So, like, you get points for that. I mean, he's he's being realistic about his standards here. So, I mean, that's good. Not a lot of truth going around. <laughs> what was it? So what was it they said in uh, in Grown Ups where uh, uh, David Spade's son finds out he was sleeping with that that uh, nasty that one nasty chick where he's like they can't all be tens or something like that? Is that what he said or was that like 
they can't all be first round picks. Oh, that that was it. Yeah, I was trying to figure. He was like, we can't all be first round picks. <laughs> so there you go. That was that was Mike Sanders. But anyway, he he approaches Sanders and says that he wants a bunkhouse match, not a street fight against the filthy animals. Sanders says that well, that can't happen because we've already advertised a street fight. You know, because that's a thing in wrestling, I guess. And Jarrett basically says, how about both? And Sanders agrees to it. Also, I forgot Sanders was the commissioner. Yeah, that'll come into play. Like, all of this stuff we just talked about right here is going to come into play later. So keep that in mind. Real quick. If you uh, really want to keep it. Quick note I want to make, by the way. I remember in 2001, there was a rumor Sanders was coming to WWE as an announcer. I don't know where the hell that came from, but that was a thing. Wow, yeah. Uh, Look, you know, JR the King, they're fine and all. You know, we're getting Paul Heyman. He's okay. But we need Mike Sanders. We need someone Uh, above average. We need Paul. We got great and great and great. We need someone above average. Yeah, just we need somebody to call heat. All right. <laughs> uh, Michael Cole, get on the call. Wasn't it Al Snow and Coach? Well, we ne- that was later. Never mind. Yeah, ah, that was a you talk about first round picks, man. <laughs> we now see the ripoffs of APA Chronic <laughs> sitting in a sauna. <laughs> yeah. Because nothing in WCW could be original. I'm not even laughing at that, as stupid as it was. Tell them what they were doing and how they looked. Please, paint that picture. Yeah, they were were sitting in a dark sauna together on a cell phone. Brian Clark gets off the cell phone and tells Brian Adams that, quote, after the job is done, they'll get paid. Adams says that they always get paid up front, but since this is such a big job, they'll make an exception. What are they wearing? (sighs) Uh, well, nothing but smiles and towels. <laughs> Look, not judging, don't care, but why do the two badasses need to be in towels and, and sauna together? Because, god dang it, Greg, man ass! Good lord. <laughs> oh, it sucked. <laughs> this was just like, and this was leading up to something later in the night, obviously, but here's my question. Why are they pumping up these, like, they're doing these storyline segments for stuff that will happen later in the night. They're doing this for the first time on the pay-per-view. I know we've talked about this before, but they've already sold it, sort of, kind of, to 50,000 people. Like, why are you doing storyline stuff on the show? Because? Like, just all of this. Lance Storm comes out with Elix Skipper, you know, the other proud Canadian, and Major Guns <laughs> to make a okay. bunch of derogatory Go ahead. Sorry, I just I, when I saw him come out in the Canadian flag, I'm like, wait, you like Skipper's? No, that's right. They just threw anybody in there because Mike Austin was Canadian too. I honestly forgot all about that crap. Yep. So they just threw yeah, the, like that was like the NWO, except oh, I don't know, an actual country. Yeah. This um, if you're heel, you're Canadian. You know, we all know about that Great American Canadian War going on. Is that just we saying that don't. every evil person's yeah. Canadian, by the way? Like, every Canadian's evil? Is that just saying that? I mean, that's what South Park says. So, And I always trust South Park. So, well, Either way. They are the authority on everything. They come out and they make a bunch of derogatory comments about the 2000 election and how Canada is better because, you know, <laughs> gotta get that in. I popped over that, I'm like, a <laughs> Of all people, Ernest Miller interrupts the Canadian National Anthem and he challenges Lance Storm to a fight, clears the ring, and then dances. You know, all people. Uh, he comes a proud American right there. 
Call his mom. Yeah, she'll tell I, you. When I think of American Pride, I think Ernest the Cat Miller and Ms. Jones. Uh, real quick, uh, I want to mention uh, a message you sent me while watching this. I didn't even know who the hell Ms. Jones was. And I'm like, Did yeah. I? <laughs> I will say, uh, I don't have any confirmation of this. I'm going to go out on a limb and say she was a nitro girl that needed a job. That was my immediate first thought. Yeah. I mean, she can dance. So, I mean, that was that's my assumption. She She's a pretty uh, decent yeah, so dancer. That, dance that, that says so. the pairing with Ernest Miller was perfect. So, yeah, I mean. Right. And she was gorgeous. So I'll say that. And she was, uh, she did, I mean, she, for a valet, she was good at ringside. She, you know, looked like she didn't make any faces like she was bored or like she didn't know what to do. Look, Ms. Like, uh, Major Guns was obviously gorgeous and all, but she was horrible. I'm just going to say that now. I, I don't... I don't. Hey, I didn't say she wasn't. <laughs> but yeah, she was just horrible. Uh, and we'll get to that. And, and, and Canadian, by the way. Well, again. <laughs> I'm unsure. Didn't they ban guns in Canada? Uh, anyway, moving on. Yeah, good Lord. <laughs> they didn't ban I'm major sorry. guns. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, but we get this match because I assume this wasn't on the card. It was just made on the show, which, you know, if you're going to have an uh, impromptu match, make it on your biggest show of the year. Oh, now, hold on. He was feuding with Team Canada and getting pissed at all their antics when he was the commissioner before Mike Sanders took it. <sighs> I know I'm trying to make sense out of nothing, but he did have a reason, to be fair. So they didn't just start. Look, I'm the, not saying the... he didn't. Yeah, well, I'm not saying the feud started, but like. No, no, I know. I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. It's just like. I'm just saying this should have been a thing to begin with to, for the show, like a major match. Instead, they make it a, well, yeah. let's throw it together. <laughs> How is Lance Storm not booked on the card? Like previously, like in a marquee match. Like he would, considering you know, we he can had, laugh at him, whatever. Considering he had three titles all summer and was running the whole company almost. Yeah. Damn near won the world title from he Booker did. T at one point. Yeah, he should have been. He, he did say, right. And he did say at one point, I think he, he was like, oh, I think that was a rib because I had to carry around so much freaking hardware all over the damn place. <laughs> he said it was a, it was horrible getting through TSA. Remember when he was but the Saskatchewan was, Hardcore looked, International Champion, by the way? God dang it, yes. <laughs> uh, point do that out, do the math on that one. What, what does that stand for, everybody? Take, take, the, take the first letter of each word. He was the S-H-I-T Champion. And who loved that name? Mark freaking Madden. Thought it was brilliant. Oh, I'm sure he did. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, he, he was great. And, and I, you know, Vince Russo came up with it. What is it with Vince's and potty humor? Because over at WWE, a couple years later, we get the superhero in training. Ha <laughs> ha! It spells S-H-I-T, pal. God dang it. Good crap. Literally. But here we get Lance Storm with Elix Skipper and Major Guns taking on Ernest the Cat Miller with Ms. Jones. This went for about seven and a half minutes. Yikes. Uh, the referee is Slick Johnson, by the way. Gotta point that out. What? Speaking of, say it. Second, speaking of sexual innuendo? <laughs> yeah, right. It looks like the women are going to fight at one point, but Lance Storm stops it. Uh, they never announced this as a no-DQ match, but there's a lot of blatant interference right in front of the damn referee with nothing being called. This is a, a thing on the show, by the way. Uh, Ms. Jones accidentally takes out the ref, and then uh, Major Guns fights a bit with Ms. Jones. Well, behind the referee's back, Jim Duggan comes out. Why do we have to do stuff behind his back now? I, anyway, Jim Duggan comes out, 
and he he's like conflicted. He doesn't know who he's going to hit, and then he clotheslines Ernest Miller, allowing Storm to get the win with the Maple Leaf, which is the half crab. Uncle Dave gave this one and three four stars. I gave it an even two. It was fine. What say you? One sucked. <laughs> I always love that response. Ah, uh, well, should we get into the post match here? Yes, because folks, there is Swer- more. <laughs> yeah, Swerve, bro. After the match, Lance Storm and Skipper beat the tar out of Duggan, who just helped Lance, by the way, until the cat gets up and he attacks both of them, throwing them out of the ring. So, yeah. God dang it. Just, like, what the F is going on? Where does and they kind of explain- loyalties lie? Yeah. Uh, better question. Who cares, bro? Bro's Canadian now, bro. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In the back, an ambulance pulls into the arena, driven by that 70s guy, Mike Awesome. And they make sure to beat that nickname home, by the way. (laughs) They they never just call him Mike Awesome. It's that 70s guy, Mike Awesome. Who had a match at Slim Jam's Halloween Havoc. Sorry. Right. For those that don't remember, uh, that 70s show was a big thing on TV at this point, so... You know, got to get that in there. Ugh, man, I'm not even crapping on the show. It's just like, why would you incorporate that into this gimmick? No, no. Uh, why would you incorporate that to Mike Austin is my question. Yeah, of all people. Like, they, like first of all, not, not to go off on a rant here, but they, they made a huge deal about stealing him from ECW. And then they saddle him with that. He right. should have been a major player. And they do that. Wasn't Vince Russo a, an ECW fan? I had, Maybe, I assume he was, because, you know, they... Kind of like, yeah, it's sacrilege, right? I mean, like, I don't know. If I'm a big fan of somebody, I'm not gonna, and I have a chance to sign them, I'm not gonna bring them in and be like, "Oh man, I finally got you on the roster to uh, completely crap you up." Unless he legitimately I thought think... this was good, let's not rule that out. I'm. He probably did, bro. We're gonna give you a '70s gimmick, bro. You're only gonna like large women, bro. but <laughs> what was it? The fat chick thriller? Yes. And Buff Bagwell in a bowler cap is now the backstage interviewer because we need another gimmick on the show. <laughs> that effing hat, dude. I thought his top hat was stupid. This was... All right. He says his face needs to be on the pay-per-view before calling out the filthy animals. Everyone on the screen, except for Tigress and Kidman, by the way, looks like a freaking pimp. Did you notice that? Did. Bagwell looked like a pimp. Conan, Ray... Ray looked like the the smallest pimp ever until Cat Williams came around. Good God! I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, Conan says a couple that he doesn't years know. We got a Cat Williams reference on the podcast. Well, all right. Oh yeah. Conan says that he doesn't know what a bunkhouse match is, and he says that Jarrett is the only one who will be doing the stroking tonight. Get it? Because his nickname is or is uh, his finisher is called the stroke, and he talks about having stroke. <sighs> So he makes a yeah. masturbation reference. Ha ha. I think it was anyway. A couple months uh, prior where he was turning on Lu- or Luger turned on him and he told Lex he was gonna like Lex was gonna toss his salad. So this is nothing new for Conan. <laughs> Why? Why That's what, it... what he did. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm not like, you know, whatever, to each their own, I'm not judging here, but if you are supposedly Conan is a straight male here. Why are you telling another straight male to toss your salad? Because reasons. 
It's disgusting. By the way, Tigress is a favorite of Tony Schiavone's, by the way. he always Every time they do a watch along, he goes on about how beautiful she is. And he's not he wrong. He did that but, during yeah. the uh, during this era, too. They would get hey, Kirby on yeah. the uh, on the commentary when the Nitro Girls were dancing. They all picked their favorites, and he picked her. Yeah, I, Bobby Heenan actually picked Shawn Michaels. Bobby Heenan picked Shawn Michaels' wife. Funny enough, was it Whisper? Yeah, I, I think yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, my my favorite was there was one where the Nitro Girls were dancing around the commentary, and he's and uh, Tony goes, "Lois, go to bed." <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> the natural born thrillers are okay. Not that this is a big sticking point, but it just is it thrillers or thrillers? It's thrillers. Mike Awesome was the fat chick thriller. Oh. Okay, I thought it was thrillers like AZ at the end. Okay, anyway, again, not that it's a major sticking point. They all suck, but <sighs> I wouldn't the natural say all born. That. Well, okay, they didn't all suck. I... Yeah, I. I actually like, I'm one of the only people on Earth, I think, but I was kind of a fan of Sean O'Hare. But either way, uh, the thriller's back in the hall in a hallway. They tell Reno that he can join them, but he walks off with Vito and their required female valet. Because I've noticed in this era, everybody had a female valet, whether they needed it or not. It's, uh, that was just apparently a staple in 2000. Did you notice this? Not until now. Yeah, it's just like almost freaking everybody. Team Canada has one. Uh, the cat had one. Uh, freaking uh, crowbar had one. Who we're gonna get into? And the Italians had one. I I don't even. Sister Marie, I think was her name. She was supposed to be there. Apparently, Reno and Vito are brothers, and Marie was their sister. Yeah. I, I don't know. I. I knew absolute zero about Reno until this, other than he had a very stupid haircut. But I think there was a thing where Disco was messing around with her and something like that. Uh, of course it was. Let's <laughs> uh, about the epic Evan Courageous and Jamie Noble feud when Jamie Noble was messing around with his sister in high school, and that was wonderful. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. That goes back to, like, the, the Raven, Tommy Dreamer, Buell McGillicuddy stuff. Yes. Uh, Raven was the only one that talked to me at camp because I was fat, and now Tommy Dreamer wants me because I'm no longer fat. Like, okay. Anyway, uh, I just summed up that feud in, like, two sentences. Uh, <sighs> you forgot to say crap. Looking, so anyway, go on. Crowbar, looking like a 70s pimp, is telling Daphne backstage that tonight is a big night. Crowbar claims that uh, this is the hottest gimmick in pro wrestling to dress like you're in the 1970s. <laughs> God's sake. I, I just, uh. Daphne talks like a cartoon character, by the way. Like she's auditioning for Harley Quinn. Was that just me, or did, like, is that just common knowledge? No, I was. I feel I like thought, it was common, but. Yeah, I thought she talked normal, but then, like, because, like, like I mentioned no, before, she was I never watched. Nuts. She kind of changed it up from being like crazy nuts to funny nuts. Yeah, this because this was like, I I half expected her to call crowbar pudding at one point. I was like, <laughs> I'm still not. But uh, yeah, hey, she talks like a cartoon see. character, and she, yeah. Oh my gosh! Here's your crowbar. You gonna go kill Robin now? But she disagrees with Crowbar because she's nuts, but not that nuts. Uh, Terry Funk then jumps Crowbar, and they start the match while Daphne shrieks like a banshee. 
And I forgot all hardcore title matches had to start in the backstage. <sighs> yeah, that I never, ever, ever got. Now, because why this is, not? hold on, this is this is just a theory. But when this all started, that game uh, WWE Backstage Assault came out. There was no oh, ring. God. Every match was in the backstage. I'm wondering if it was to promote that. I could be reaching with that, but it's not a coincidence. And they, they, and ladies and gentlemen, if you have not played that game, it's right up there with uh, Superman 64. So <laughs> there's that. <laughs> but it's Crowbar <laughs> defending the hardcore. Crowbar's defending the hardcore title. He's got Daphne with him, obviously, against Terry Funk, whose horse was not sick in this one, but he probably did think that Crowbar's mother was a horse. (laughs) Guarantee me his horse got sick after watching the show. (sighs) Stupid horse. Uh, This match went for 10 minutes and 21 seconds, so God help me. They battle around backstage and in a big box truck. Daphne won't shut the hell up in this match. I contemplated watching it on mute. Because she didn't just scream when something was happening. She just nonstop screamed for almost two, tw- uh, ten and a half minutes here. So, god dang it. Funk handcuffs Crowbar at one point, and he beats the hell out of him. They go into the arena while Terry's beating Crowbar with a card door. And that's a real sentence. Uh, they do their best impression <laughs> of Mankind. And, they do their best impression of Mankind and The Rock from the... Uh, was it the 99 Royal Rumble? Yeah. Uh, but but it was much less brutal, and nobody gave a damn. So take that for what you will. Funk finally pile drives Crowbar onto the car door for the win. I don't know what the hell Uncle Dave was watching, because he gave it two and three four stars. I gave it one star. Whole thing sucked. What say you? <sighs> one star. But I will say this. I laughed a lot. I just couldn't get over Daphne. I was just like, ugh. Like, I think I texted you. I said, the best and worst things about this match are both Daphne. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I liked her better in TNA. I'll say that. So, I don't know. She was zombie hot. Remember that? Who called her that? <laughs> and Taz. Yeah. She's zombie hot. I'm like, uh, I don't know what that means, but, I mean... She is hey, gorgeous. It's big, it's big in Brooklyn, all right? Yeah. That's right up there with Let the Pigeons Loose! <laughs> mean Gene Okerlund is backstage with Team Canada, grilling them for attacking Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Storm says that leopards can't change their spots. He'll always be American. So then, I mean, yeah, that's kind of something you're born with, isn't it? Kind <laughs> of. He then says that he took out the trash with Duggan, Major Guns can't even remember her line. She had one line, and she effed it up. But, you know, she does I the whole like, don't blame Canada. I, feel, I felt awkward for her. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, right. It would have been funny is if she was like, oh, let, let's go back, let's do that again. He's like, we're live, pal. <laughs> <laughs> and it's being Gene, too. Uh, that was JR, Gene then but... says... Oh, it was? I thought it was... Yeah, either way. And another uh, Gene said... Yeah, either way. They should, they should have still did it. Gene says that if he, if uh, Major Gun sticks around, she can fly her Canadian flag on another pole. Clearly Gene oh. didn't give an F either. <laughs> I have a feeling that they told him to just go full perv at this point. They're like, you know what would be funny, Gene, is if you just, you know that stuff you say at the bar after the show? Do it on camera. 
Because they said, I guess he never cheated on his wife. He was very loyal, whatever. But he was very pervy at the same point. And he would always say, like, the most off-the-wall, like, pervy crap when he got drunk at the bar after the show. Either way, he seems like that kind of guy. The, the creepy uncle. Uh, Lex uh. Luger is backstage. Every, every good segment starts this way. Lex Luger is backstage. Uh, getting stuff out of his bag, and he finds brass knuckles. And he slips them on his hand and flexes. So we know that Brass Knuckles will come into play later tonight. Hurrah. By the way, what the heck was up with his hair at this point? I think I, he got plugs. Ah, uh, yeah. I, I, I can give him the, I, you know, I can give him some leeway for that one. Because I was like, ew, what the hell happened to your hair? Uh, anyway, up next we got this. Uh, Big Vito and Reno. You, you say this like this is bad. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, as if it's bad. Uh, they're taking on the team of Chronic, which is Brian Adams and Brian Clark. This goes for 8 minutes and 18 seconds. All right, before we get into the match itself, let's break down Chronic real quick. I said earlier that they're clearly Sounds, an APA uh, ripoff. Legal in California? Okay. <laughs> right. But they're clearly an APA ripoff. They... I don't know. And, and they have, like, singlets that have barbed wire designs all over them, which I didn't hate. But their name is Chronic. So, With a it's K? a weed reference. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's a weed reference. So, like, you said, apparently, because I didn't watch this, you said, apparently, they were to weed what APA was to beer. Yeah, but they never said it. Yeah. So... I, but they're just collecting Wait, I, money here. Haven't you ever heard, me. though? When, like, a lot of times when they talk, they talk about payment. They never said money. Huh. Well, they get... So, I, mean, I mean, we'll get into it, but they get money in a bag here. Which, I mean, I guess you could say a, a baggie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah. This is just like... Wait, so they do jobs for weed? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is all dumb. And when I think about Brian Adams and Brian Clark... You know, like I said, when I think about pot smokers and oh, we do jobs for weed, I don't think of Crush and Adam Bomb. No, you think of, of Matt Riddle and RVD. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know. I have a feeling that they have their own hookups that are much better than anything that they can get. <laughs> <laughs> Let me but, tell you something about this, though. Anyway. The EPA never, was smart enough never to screw around with the mafia, so there you go. Think about that. Yeah. My gosh. Anyway, uh, this match. Uh, before, the match starts, <laughs> before the match starts, Brian Adams tells Sister Marie, quote, we expect payment in full. But Marie acts confused and asks, what are you talking about? <sighs> they keep arguing with Marie throughout the entire match, by the way. The Natural Born Thrillers come out on the stage mid-match. When Big Vito tags in Reno, Reno hits rolling the dice on Big Vito and pins him. While the referee is super confused, <laughs> Reno then pays off Chronic. Uh, my head's hurting. Uncle Dave gave this a dud. I, I said until the ending there, I said it was okay. I gave it two stars. I might retract at least a half. What say you? One star. Horrible. This really happened. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I said after the match, Chronic beats up Big Vito while Marie has to watch. I said, why did Reno pay Chronic to do what he eventually did? 
Also, Reno joined the Natural Born Thrillers, which is a large group of people. Why couldn't they just help Reno beat up Vito? For free! Because didn't he have to win this to get in there? I, I, I don't... I don't know. They never... I, if they said that, it wasn't like... I think this was a win they didn't really thing, mention it. I think. I think. Okay, well, this didn't make any sense. Like, how can you pin your own partner to win? <laughs> that's why know. the ref was sitting there, like... Because the ref was sitting there, he's like, well, I can't count the pin. You're pinning your own partner. And Chronic was, like, grabbed him, and they're like, get down there and count, damn it. They're like, wait, wait uh, what? <sighs> <sighs> because WCW, that's why. It's just, like... Uh, uh, moving on to something else that's LOL WCW. Mean Gene Okerlund is backstage with three count. They don't really have much to say before Chavo walks up and says that they, uh, he thinks they painted his house last week and they did a horrible job. <laughs> he then, he then beats three count up single handedly and says that they haven't worked hard enough yet to be the cruiserweight champion. Man. They haven't worked. Eddie is going. They haven't worked to be the, the cruiserweight champion. Yeah. This, uh, Eddie's gone and we're left with Chavito. Yay. By the way, I never knew, because, like, I don't know how nicknames work for, like, Mexican names. I had no idea Chavo is short for Salvatore. Because when I looked up, I was like, his real name isn't Chavo? I thought that was his real name. It's like, oh, it is. It's short for for uh, uh, for his real name. I was like, okay, whatever. Anyway, Buff Bagwell is backstage interviewing the Misfits in action. Uh, Bagwell says that he wants to know what, what's going on with Chavo. But General Hugh G. Rection, real name, says that they dropped this isn't the G, about to be fair. So it's Hugh Rection, or no? It's just General Rection, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, General Apparently Rection. Standards and practices at TNT found that was the line. <laughs> Why can't they just go back to using like they, Hugh they Morris? Do. They do, like right after this, or sorry, they went back before this, and then decided he had to be more rough. So you back to General Rection. And then back to you, Morris. This is real, by the way. He switched uh, his name a couple of times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to be tough as huge erection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Huh. Anyway, General Rection says that this isn't about Chavo. It's about not letting Shane Douglas use him as a stepping stone. All in all, this wasn't a terrible promo. I just don't care about this. We now get Bam... Bam Bigelow versus who we thought was that 70s guy, Mike Awesome, in an ambulance match. It's going to go for about eight and a half minutes. Apparently, Mike Awesome taking off his 70s clothes is him ditching that 70s guy, and he's now back to the career killer, Mike Awesome. So yeah, he's about to have another change very soon, too. Oh, he's not yet the fat chick thriller? No, he already was. He's about to become oh, okay. Canadian. What was... Oh, yeah. That's right. <sighs> but Sorry, they beat my, the crap out of I didn't, I didn't try to bring the show down with that crap, but try to yeah. keep educated. <laughs> <laughs> they beat the crap out of each other. In the end, Mike Awesome hits Bam Bam with the safety lights from like because Bam Bam ripped the safety lights off off of the top of the ambulance. And Mike hits Bam Bam with them. And while they're on top of the ambulance, Bam Bam falls backwards, goes through the top of the roof, making Awesome the winner because he f- fell into the ambulance. So, did you catch that they made a reference to Lawrence Taylor in this match? By the way, yes. I'm like, my God, like you went all you went five years in the past for that. Like, 
Alright, to one of the worst WrestleManias ever. If not the worst. I, I don't know. It's up there. Uncle Dave gave this one star uh, for the... I don't know. I gave it two and a half stars. What say you? Maybe two. I actually gave it two. I didn't think it was that much, like... <sighs> there was some salvageable garbage moments. Okay. If yeah. that makes any oh, yeah. sense. I thought it was okay. Right. Uh, I mean, this was stupid, but it could have been much worse. So, Considering I, I like Mike Awesome. Right now, yes. Yeah. I like Mike Awesome. I like Bam Bam Bigelow, so... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we go backstage to something I don't like. It's uh, Minji Nokalin with the Natural Born Thrillers. Reno Have you seen them enough in this show? I know. It seems like after every effing match, we got to get them in there. Uh, Reno says that he turned on his family because, as he says, the Thrillers are his real familia. The perfect event, which is Sean Stasiak and Chuck Palumbo, real team, real by the way. Yeah. For those that don't know... Chuck Palumbo was the main event, wasn't he? And then they switched it to just the event because he never made evented a day in his life. No, no. So, they switched it to that because he was the entire event, not just one match. Oh, well. Well, I'm glad they cleared that up for us. <laughs> and uh, Real explanation, and by Sean the way. St- I'm not joking. And Sean Stasiak was Perfect Sean. So, Again, real name. Yeah. Coming out to a remix of Mr. Perfect's theme. I don't know how the hell they got away with that, but they did. I was <sighs> always of the mind that I think Jimmy Hart made it and was able to... I don't know. Maybe I'm fishing for something here. Maybe. Well, either way, the Perfect Event cut a generic heel promo on the Insiders, which is Kevin Nash and DDP, before saying that they've got something special planned for later. Oh, joy. Uh, mean Gene says, quote... That little wise-ass, I'm going to smack the crap out of him one of these days. <laughs> uh, I love I love me, Gene, in this era. I'm telling you, man. I can't believe he just hated it. I think he just... I think he hated the whole thing and just started saying, screw it, what are you going to do, fire me? I really feel like that. What? I don't understand, like... Because WCW got rid of, like, almost all of the old-timers at this point. I don't know why they... I mean... And we can obviously sit here and say, well, it's me, Gene Oakland. Yeah, but they got rid of Bobby Heenan. To my knowledge, I don't think Bobby was like, yeah, his contract was up. Yeah, his contract was up and he didn't really want to resign. But I mean, they I'm sure they could have if they really wanted to. But I don't know. Maybe I assume Mean Gene was getting paid some major money here. But uh, Shane Douglas comes out to cut a promo before the match because apparently everyone does in WCW 2000. That was another thing. Everybody has a female valet. Everybody has cut a promo before a match. Honest. That was Everything definitely a Russoism because uh, I heard Jim Gwinnett say he hated wrestling. Didn't think anyone wanted to watch it. They just wanted to hear people talk. Yeah. Well, this is just like it's your biggest show of the year. We know what the matches are, so you gotta have everybody come out and cut a promo before every freaking match. That's what the How many time in-ring is. promos have you seen in a WrestleMania? Think about that. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Match. We it, we might get one per show, maybe. But yeah, nothing like this. Uh, all I got from this promo is that apparently Rection had something to do with Shane Douglas's former valet no longer being with him. I assume Tori Wilson, right? Yes. Okay. I don't know what the feud here was. I didn't get it. Okay. Be, to and, be fair, you can say that about any match on this card. Yeah. I, <laughs> even if I watched it. 
Uh, my thing, I, I did have to laugh that Shane Douglas cut out or came out and, uh, you know, his his thing was always he would say cut the effing music, but here he couldn't say that obviously, so he just said cut the damn music. <laughs> what was funny is he says that, and then uh, can't remember who it was on commentary was like uh, the music's been cut. <laughs> That sounds like Shivani. I, I don't remember who said. I don't remember hearing it, but it sounds like him. Yeah, uh, but you we know General Mark Madden the, loved him. So, oh well, yeah, Pittsburgh pals. <sighs> but we get General Rection defending the United States title against the franchise chain Douglas. This went just shy of ten minutes. I said this was sloppy, and again, felt like a nitro match. Shane tries to use a chain, but he misses. Chavo Guerrero runs down, and he tosses the chain back to Shane, behind the referee's back. And then he tells the referee to turn around and look, and the ref sees it, and he disqualifies Shane without Shane having to do a damn thing. Uncle Dave gave this three-fourths of a star. Uh, I gave it two stars. What say you? I gave it one. Hated it. This ending was garbage. This, just what the hell, man? I remember watching it and knowing it was coming. <laughs> well, after the match... Shane beats up Rection with the chain and then punches Sh- uh, Chavo with the chain as well. He lays them both out with the franchiser before uh, the other members of the MIA run down to chase off Shane. Uh, and I think we're like uh, just a couple weeks away from the MIA ending. Yeah. Well, Chavo and Rection are awake finally and they start arguing now. Like, what the hell was going on with Chavo? He wanted to be the this was another... champion and felt that MIA was holding him back. Good lord. This is another one of those, like, they had like five of these going on at the same time. Where does his allegiance lie? Like, again, who cares, bro? <sighs> mean Gene Erkland is in the back, is in uh, the locker room of Scott Steiner and Medasia. Steiner says that the first beat of the night is him beating Sid Vicious. <laughs> then his freaks are going to... <sighs> That's the main event, folks. Uh, then he says his freaks are going to until they get horizontal together. What the f? Uh, I I <sighs> it's perfectly in fitting with Scott Steiner. So, oh well, absolutely, yeah. This just uh yeah yeah yeah. Talk about the next promo. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, man, we get a promo for the return of Glacier, <laughs> yeah. which I had no idea was a thing in December of 2020. <sighs> Or it's 2000, sorry. It's well, winter, dude. Oh, well, yeah. Uh, the vignette says, The Ice Age returns to WCW dot 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 again. And then it says, Blood runs colder. Really original stuff here. Yeah. <laughs> what the frick? Why? Did you get Tony, Tony Schiavone's reaction? No. I was too busy it's with like, my own <laughs> jaw on the floor. Really? He's like, really? We're, we're doing this again? And he's laughing? <laughs> it doesn't It doesn't tell me on my script here how to react, so F it! Freaking buries it. He's like, oh my yeah. god, we're gonna do this again. <laughs> this, okay, so did they bring him back in 2001? He comes back for a minute. Yeah. He has like a match or two. Yeah. I honestly don't even remember it off the top of my head, but he does. But I know he comes back for a match or two. Is that good, huh? <laughs> I think they do a thing where he starts bumbling around and can't hit a move to save well, his life. Stuff like that. God's sake. Well, and who would have guessed he would have made a return years later with Cody Rhodes in AEW? <sighs> uh, well, yeah. remember, uh, um, 
I think Cody was a huge fan of his. So he helped train him, I think. So that was because you asked me, you were like, "Why the hell is Glacier there?" I said, "I think he was one of his trainers." You're like, "All right, makes sense now." Explains the disaster kick, I guess. Because that yeah. was that was one of Glacier's moves. So, yep. Well, at least Glacier had something. But up yeah, next, yeah, one of the best in wrestling, and I will stand by that all day. Oh well, yeah. But then that damn and... ring. There it is. <laughs> uh, Buff Bagwell is interviewing the insiders backstage. Nash puts on Bagwell's stupid bowler cap and basically asses off in front of the camera for a few minutes. Uh, at the same time, I will say this: Nash and DDP prove that even at half speed, when they really don't give a crap, they're still two of the better promos in all of WCW. I honestly, this is one of my notes I put. I feel like DDP is the only person that gives a damn about this company at this point. Right. Yeah. Like I said, Nash is assing off with with DD or the Buff Bagwell hat, drinking water, making stupid faces, and this was like not too far removed from him doing the where he dressed up like Vince McMahon with terrible prosthetics and crap. Yes. I remember he seeing an interview years ago with DDP. He said during the dying days of WCW, he said he knew Vince was going to buy the company. And I was like, did you? But then I see this. So I'm like, I think he did, which is why he's the only one on this whole damn show that took it seriously. <sighs> yeah, Nash knew that he he had the Turner money, first of all. Yeah, and then well, he, he was like, eh, yeah, Vince will hire back. Yeah, he had nothing to worry about. <laughs> so. Yeah. Had to get, I guess DDP had guaranteed money too, but he didn't have a guaranteed job after that ran out. So, no, so like guys like him and Booker said, okay, we'll go. Right. I don't think Booker had the guarantee that he did. they all did. He took the, he, oh, did he? He took, yeah, he, he took the uh, buyout and went to WWE. I don't know if this is, you probably disagree with me on this one, but I think DDP should have sat it out, man, and maybe popped in after the uh, whole invasion. No way. I don't know if that would have been a stalker. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I was going to be like, you're kind of crapping my whole point. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, uh, I don't know, man. Well, and then he, he, I don't know if he would have been the motivational speaker or not. To be fair, that's really That's another one. I know. But I I just like how Vince McMahon was like, I don't know what to do with a DDP. We've got to change him up and give him more of a personality. Like, we fired him. What? He's not going to drive a car. (laughs) What the hell? Aren't you the guy that drove the pink Cadillac at WrestleMania? Uh, but now we get Jeff Jarrett coming out, of course, and he has to cut a promo because his match, uh, it, it, he has to cut a promo before the match about how much stroke he has because this promo hasn't done a th- been done a thousand times. And he also broke a thousand guitars, never drew a dime. I want to say one and thing real quick. One of the best things about Jarrett no he was his theme. I'm still pissed they have to dub it off this network. Um, I I agree with that. However, the dub that they put on there is not too bad, actually. It's not bad, but man, that, that instrumental of Cowboy was just one of my favorite WCW themes. But we get Jeff Jarrett and the Harris Brothers, Heavy D, and Big Ron. Real uh, names. Yeah. Uh, they're taking on the Filthy Animals, Conan, Rey Mysterio, and Billy Kidman. Uh, they have Tigress in their corner. The, this is a combination Filthy Animal Street Fight slash Bunkhouse match, which uh, I'll get to it here in a second. But <laughs> just, it goes for about 12 and a half minutes. I said, literally, what changed with these rules? The name? Like making it a Bunkhouse match. Yeah. Like, I was like, what is it? Everybody kept saying, they're like, well, I don't know what a Bunkhouse match is. I watched this, and I still don't know what a Bunkhouse match is. 
What's it's the like difference the between division, this and dude? Fight? You don't need an explanation for it. You just, it just is what it is. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, what's the difference between a street fight and a bunkhouse match? Because I guess in both matches, you show up in street clothes and you beat each other up with weapons. To my knowledge, I think, the I think is, a bunkhouse match, you have to be like hardcore redneck. That's what I'm going with. And, and not that any of the filthy animals yeah. were, but I don't know. <laughs> well, and I'm like, what made this a bunkhouse match? The, the bar set up in the ring? The easily breakable bar, by the way. Like, I'm like, what the hell do you make that with? Did you get did you get it in a kit from IKEA? You haven't been watching AEW, correct? No. Do you know that they did this? Did they break a bar there? recently. They had bales no, of hay and stuff, and barrels and stuff, and yeah. Was it a bunkhouse match? It was a bunkhouse match, and Dustin Rose was in it. No. No. Oh, I heard about it. Okay, okay I didn't watch it. I heard about th- it. Th- my point is, though, Rhodes was in it, so at least that made some sense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, three of the guys in here are hardcore redneck. I mean, two of them, I think, are Aryan, but yeah, either way. We uh, don't know that, what, like, but I guarantee no, you. No, I, I said I so. think. We don't want, I guarantee you they don't like these little brown fellas. <laughs> wow. Uh, I said this is like the third or fourth anything goes match of the night with tons of weapons. Like, this has become ECW. The, How's ECW said, the, doing? The filthy animal, by the <laughs> right. Uh, the filthy animals basically dominate the first half of the match. The match ends when Kidman goes for a shooting star press, but one of the Harris brothers smashes a liquor bottle over his head, and then Jarrett nails a stroke for the win. I thought this match was kind of fun, actually. I didn't completely hate it. I gave it between two and a half and three stars. Uncle Dave gave it one and a half. What say you? I'm right between you guys. I said two. I did have some fun watching it. Uh, I'm a huge uh, yeah. I'm a huge Rey Mysterio fan, obviously. So Yeah. We got a promo up next for WCW Sin. Oh, no. That, by the way, would be the end of Sid Vicious's in-ring career. I will never watch that. <sighs> no, so don't ever ask me to. Well, I do want to review Sin in the future. It just, I mean, you know what happens. You can skip that. I think they edit that out of the so, network, actually, so it's fine. Please, God. If anybody hasn't seen it, he basically Joe Theismann's himself. If you don't get the I reference, look it, it up. I think it may be worse than Joe Theismann, oh, fair. It, it, was, it was sick. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, but the thing is, it was, like, legit. It was disgusting. And didn't they show it on replay, like, 500 times? They showed the next line on replay three or four times, and warn people to look away like, why don't you just not show it right just tell them hey uh something nasty happened i mean you could even you know if you want to get people to order the replays like hey something bad happened to, i mean this is you know not good publicity but it's like something bad happened to, to uh sid vicious he may never wrestle again you might want to order the pay-per-view you know Russell, he may never walk know. again you're right he's lucky he's uh in the shape he is now so that's why I started, um, uh, there's a wrestling booker game that I play and a, there's like a, a mod you can download for it where it's like, uh, you take over WCW if, if Bischoff and fusion media actually bought it and Sid vicious is on the roster and he's signed to like a three-year contract, but he's like injured for, for like four years. <laughs> so you can never use him. Uh, buff That sounds like WCW by the way. Buff Bagwell interviews the Sarge backstage. 
who's was it Buddy Lee Parker? I think at one point he was. Is that his name? Yeah, Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker. Wasn't he like he had some Dwayne. leprechaun gimmick at some point? He's also Dwayne. His real name's Dwayne, right? Something like that. Yeah, Dwayne something. But apparently Gil. he's a trainer. Dwayne Gill? No. no. There, yeah, God that's dang it. Gilbert. Yeah, that's Gilbert. <sighs> A-hole. But uh, apparently he's a like the head trainer down at the WCW power plant. And he's kind of talking about that. And he asks how he feels about his trainee, Bill Goldberg, taking on Lex Luger. And Luger jumps Sarge in the middle of the promo, then runs away like a scared little you-know-what. Uh, okay. I... So the whole thing was Luger was attacking Sarge, and that pissed off Goldberg. Is that what the whole feud is built on here? Yeah, because he was Goldberg's trainer. Yeah. All right. Uh, so well, you know what that means? We get this awesome. Let's give, let's give him know, some. Let's give him some credit for some continuity here, at least. You know. Yeah, I mean it's originality, I guess. You know, whatever. But I mean that means we get Lex Luger versus Goldberg, man. That's yes. Not to skip ahead, but. Uh, because this is Starcade 2000, we've got to have a promo before this next match. <laughs> because uh, the Natural Board Thrillers come to the ring, and Ric Flair comes out. To, what is he, the president, the CEO? Like, what the, the F is he at this yes. point? So okay. they got a president, Which they is got a, a commissioner, and a governor, and mayor, and dictator, and all that stuff. <laughs> God dang. The Flair comes out on the stage, and he tells Mike Sanders that if he puts one foot in the ring tonight, the Insiders will win the tag team titles. He messed this up completely, by the way, because he starts off, he, he emphasizes, he's like, if you take one step towards that ring, just one step towards the ring, and then he changes it later. He's like, just remember, if you put one foot in that ring, yeah, and it's like, like, did you forget it? Which I, I'm going to say yes, because I can't remember who it was was saying that during this time, uh, they they wanted to they wanted Flair to stop doing in ring promos talking about this stuff. They wanted him to do more backstage stuff so that they could give him bullet points because he never remembered what the hell he was supposed to say. He would just go off on his regular Ric Flair tangent, and they were like, "Dude, you missed everything." <laughs> but this next match is the perfect event: Sean Stasiak and Chuck Palumbo with Commissioner Mike Sanders. They are defending the WCW Tag Team Titles against the Insiders. DDP and Kevin Ash. It went for 12 minutes. Going to be led around by the hand by the insiders. Sanders dances around the stipulation by attacking DDP outside of the ring. And he stands on the apron before getting hit by Kevin Ash. Mark Jindrak and Sean O'Hare come in at one point. They attack the insiders. But the referee basically lets it go again. <laughs> it's just like rules don't matter here in WCW 2000. Uh, DDP takes everyone out at one point, and Kevin Nash hits the jackknife on Chuck Palumbo for the win. Again, I don't know what Uncle Dave was watching here. He gave it three and one-four stars. I gave it two. What say you? I gave it two. It wasn't that bad. It didn't suck, no. I just thought it was like... Sean Stasiak always sucked ass. Chuck Palumbo was... Uh, he, he was fine, but he was like... He was still really young here. Yeah, Sean Stasiak sucked, but meat was good. Oh, well, of course. I thought there was a big drop-off in WCW at this point. There was, like, the veterans who were really good and knew how to do their stuff, and then there was a huge drop-off to the young guys that, you know, were still really green and needed a lot of work. There was no, like, in-betweeners. But this next match, man, wouldn't you know it, we don't get a promo before this one. 
holy crap, right? I mean, uh, it was this, bound to happen. This was, yeah, I know, right? It just, huh, man, it's it's finally here. And of course, this one, we get the total package Lex Luger taking on Goldberg. So had he switched back from being just the total package? Yes. Like he actually got his name I back. I think that was a Russo thing. Don't quote me on that, but it's not a coincidence Probably he gets it was. back after Russo's gone. Bro, nobody cares about Lex. Bro. Yeah, let, yeah, let's take this guy that's been wrestling since the 80s, and everybody knows him. Never mind, that's not your name anymore. You're just the total package. Effing stupid. This one, uh... I always want to be named after Janitalia. Anyways. The hell? But they get the Michael Buffer introductions, by the way. So, yeah, that shows you the importance here. Uh, Luger starts the match by running from Goldberg, and the bell rings while Michael Buffer is still doing his ring introduction for Goldberg. Yep. Mid-match, the Sarge come, <laughs> the Sarge comes down to the ring with Buff Bagwell. Bagwell's trying to talk the Sarge into going to the back. So, oh, you don't want to be out here. And behind the referee's back, the Sarge grabs Luger, but Luger punches him with the brass knucks on his on his fist. He then punches Goldberg with them for a two count. Buff then, quote, accidentally hits the blockbuster on Goldberg, and then Luger tosses him out of the ring. But Bagwell takes out the Sarge again outside the ring. Swerve, bro! Goldberg finally spears and jackhammers Luger for the win. So well, this did absolutely nothing. Uncle Dave gave it two stars. I gave it one, because this sucked all the ass. What say you? I gave it one. I mean, uh, I, didn't see, I remember watching and not seeing the swerve coming. Yeah, well, after the match, here here we go. Here's the real thing here. After the match, Bagwell blasts Goldberg with a chair. He beats him down to that chair before helping Luger to the back. They are soon going to team up to be totally buff. I mean, soon. Yeah. Like, next night. Okay. Well, yeah. That's, because if we were all aching for a tag team, man, it's Goldberg, or it's a uh, Buff Bagwell and Lex freaking Luger. Yeah, totally effing buff. Why do you say it so passively? Uh, these are the things that haunt me in my nightmares, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but Goldberg then gets up from this beating, celebrates, and then he carries out a one-armed kid that was apparently on Mari Povich. Yep. Uh, just um. Okay. <laughs> legend, legend has it that Kip was doing a fraternity test on the show, though. I can't confirm, though. <laughs> Goldberg, you are not the father. Yes, I knew my kid had two arms. Wow. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> All right. Unfortunately, we got to get into the main event. Uh, <laughs> but we'll do, the, we'll do that right after this quick break. When we come back. Yikes. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. 
the been thinking about McDonald's all day can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now, back to our program. All right, we're back, and that means main event time here for Starcade 2000. Mercifully, couldn't have come soon enough. It was Scott Steiner with Medasia in his corner. He's defending the WCW World's Heavyweight title against Sid Vicious. This went for 10 minutes, 15 seconds. Like I said, I didn't watch the product during this time, so I was today years old when I found out that Sid wore tights. Yep. I didn't remember that era because I'd seen him in the shorts and then I saw him in the cutoff jean shorts. That was it. Because the very next month at Sin, he's wearing the shorts. Yeah, he went back and forth. I completely missed them. Yeah, yeah, because I missed the tights thing. Uh, But again, we see someone interfere in this match right in front of the frickin' ref, and nothing happens as Medasia nails back with Steiner's lead pipe. Steiner then uses a chair on Sid. Steiner dominates and gets uh, Sid in the Steiner recliner. Right when Sid's about to break it, Medasia comes off the top rope and accidentally nails Steiner. Sid hits a Cobra Clutch Slam, but the ref gets bumped. Steiner beats him with a lead pipe. A new ref comes out, but he only gets a two count. Jeff Jarrett now comes down and tries to hit Sid, but he misses and he hits the guitar on Steiner. Because somebody's got to get El Cabonged here. He pulls the ref out of the ring before he can count the pin. So that's two refs. He didn't knock him out, though. He just pulled him out of the ring. Sid goes for the powerbomb, but Steiner low blows him. He finally locks in the Steiner recliner for a third time, and Sid fades, giving Steiner the win. Were you keeping up with that, Greg? I was. I wasn't. I'm glad you were. I was reading the damn thing, and I couldn't keep up with it. Uncle Dave gave this two and a half stars. I must have been the Christmas present he gave to WCW because I gave yeah, one and a been, half. That this means it would have been sucks. five stars. It would have been five stars in Tokyo Dome. That means. Right. Yeah. I gave it one and a half stars for suckage. Let's say you. I wanted to give it zero. <laughs> I gave it one. The suck. Yeah. There was Medasia getting involved, lead pipes, Jarrett getting involved, guitars, multiple referees. Like, what the frick, man? Not one dime drawn. No, this was the main event of Starcade. And people say that people say that Butcher and Hogan was worse. (laughs) Yeah, that one almost looks like a masterpiece compared to this. Like, what the frick, man? Uh, Why? Why 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 was this booked? Why was this booked the way it was? Why was this? It just uh, so many questions. Who thought that Sid versus Steiner in 2000 was a great main event for Starcade? Kevin Apparently Sullivan? Apparently a couple people. I, I, I don't know. Look, I'm hesitant to just give a name, but I'm going to say Kevin Sullivan. I think this would have been a presentable match back in, like, 95. And you mean before Steiner really roided himself out? Yeah, before he became the genetic freak. And <laughs> when Sid could... Well, I, I think Sid was about the same, but... <laughs> he. He looked a little better back then. Yeah, just this... Uh, this match made my effing head hurt. 
correct me if I'm wrong, nobody took a guitar shot in Jarrett's match, did they? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think he was saving I don't him think for he, I don't this think glorious he, moment. Yeah, well, I can't smash multiple guitars in one night. I can only do one, and it's heading for Sid's head. Gotta make it Actually, count. it hits Steiner. And, and this is another thing. They never said this was no disqualification. That I remember, anyway. But we have all of this BS, and nothing happens. Why? Know, they never said any of this was no DQ. <laughs> I guess right. the bunkhouse match. Well, that match, yeah. But, like, this one was the most egregious example. You couldn't even fake it. They did it right in front of the ref every time. Low blows, lead pipes, people from the outside getting involved, guitars. Like, god dang it. Some good stuff, pal. All right. Well, I will say this. I don't know if it's because I have a a sick, like, sense of, like, wanting to torture myself. I, I don't know. But, like, I kind of want to see more from the year 2000 WCW just to see what the F was going on. I know you and I have, like, you and I have done, like, full rundowns uh, in the past, like, because you watched all these Nitros and the pay-per-views, and you kind of, like, ran down to me everything that was going on, and I sat there laughing and crying all at the same time. But it was a real show. You only... Yeah. Well, but you and I stopped talking about it after Russo left the company. There was still a lot of garbage to come after. <laughs> it's not like they're so, even cleaning up his garbage. They're only throwing more on top of it. Yeah, it's like, well, there's that big fire burning over there. Uh, uh, throw gasoline. It's going out. Put a log on it. Help. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good grief. Uh, let's take our final break of the podcast. When we come back, we'll go into the final ratings and what's to come. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at main event underscore marks and Facebook at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod. Fracture prints your digital photos directly onto glass, making your favorite moments come alive in vivid color. Hand-assembled in the USA, Fracture glass prints are a unique and beautiful way to display and share your favorite moments. Simply upload your photo at FractureMe.com, select your size, and your glass print will be shipped to you, ready to hang with just one screw. Use code POD15 to get 15% off your order today. That's code POD15 at FractureMe.com. Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Now, back to our program. All right, final ratings time. IMDB gave this 5.5 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it 5.81 out of 10. I gave it 5.5 out of 10. Seems like everybody's around that 5 range. What say you? I'm just going to say straight F. Yeah. One of the worst pay-per-views I've ever watched. And it's a Starcade. I know I've said this multiple times, but it bears repeating. Starcade, where Ric Flair defeated uh, Harley Race in a cage for the NWA title. Temple event. Where Ric Flair... Yeah, where, where Flair took on Dusty Rhodes multiple times in the main event for the NWA title. It, it just, uh, Sting and Hogan. What what the F? And I know the obvious thing, like you said, you know, you could point back to, well, in 94, you know, Hogan headlined with Ed frickin' Leslie, but still. Brutus, <sighs> the FN Barber Beefcake. Yes. that Well, that's his given Christian name. <laughs> but that's his government name. But this, man, this was 
pure pain. <sighs> well, like I said, in an odd way, it's kind of like when you tune into like the like. There's been a show that went on for like three seasons, and it's awful. But you watch like the second to last show of uh, like before it goes off the air, and you're like, "Wow, I'm kind of confused. This sucks, but I kind of want to know what led up to it. Maybe it didn't. You know, it made more sense if you watch it along." No, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Spoiler: It doesn't. We will, by the way, review Greed in the future. So, wasn't that their last show ever? Yes. Mercifully. Yeah. Oh man, that's a uh, yeah. <sighs> but all right, man. This is the end of 2020, and you know when I think about it, this was the perfect way to end 2020 <laughs> with a review of Starcade 2000. Crap year, crap show. Yep, this was uh, like you could see WCW dying in the show, and you could see this year dying right now. But up next, our next show, her first show of 2021 is going to be on January 6th. It's the WWF Royal Rumble from 1990. So we're going 10 years in the past from this show right here. And it's going to be... uh, much more presentable. 31. Yeah. Uh, this show is going to be 31 years in the past. It's hard to think about, but there you have it. And uh, we will be covering more 2000 coming up because January 13th, we're going to go over WCW sold out 2000. Because again, that's the last sold out, isn't it? Yeah. Because it would be replaced yeah, by Sin. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Woo! <laughs> Man. <laughs> Man. What do we replace this crap with? More crap! Sounds like a good idea. To be fair, they probably that's thought like, it was going to be good. That's like... That's like when you, like, scoop your dog's crap out of the yard, and you just go out, the, and then you send more dogs out there, and you're like, poop in my yard, all of you! <sighs> and But we, uh, we're we going to stick around the year 2000 the next week. January 20th, we're going over Royal Rumble 2000. Because I wanted to hit 1990 and the year 2000. You liked Royal Rumble 2000 from what I remember. I, I do, yeah. It was a really good event. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Wasn't that like a controversial ending which mm-hmm. between The Rock and Big Show? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so that was uh, that was a big one. And then we're going to wrap up the month. We're only going one year in the past with that one with ECW's Guilty as Charged from 1999. I personally wanted to watch that one. And what better way to start the year off than with ECW and WCW from 2000. Sure. <sighs> Man. <laughs> and uh, But the January bonus show, by the way, we're doing two classics from the golden era. Because uh, January 6th, like I said, we're doing Rumble 99, or excuse me, uh, Royal Rumble 1990. And for the bonus show, we're doing the first ever Royal Rumble I'm getting Jacob Grandi from Curtain Jerkin back on the show. We're going to go over the Royal Rumble from 1988. It's the first one ever that they made to compete with the Bunkhouse Stampede that the NWA was putting on. So there you have it. That's January, man. Chugging right along into 2021. Let's hope and pray it'll be a lot better than uh, this previous year. All right, man. Uh, Thanks thanks for uh, joining me here today. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a sneaking suspicion you didn't uh, enjoy what we just reviewed. 
<laughs> I enjoyed the show, not watching the pay-per-view, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And again, uh, we are not doing the main event figure federation anymore, so you will not see those in your feed on Mondays. But we are going to... That, that gives us more time to focus more on this. The main event marks... We're going to try to really step up our game moving into 2021. So, yeah, just uh, any suggestions, any uh, any criticism, any you know likes. You know, I, we, we love feedback of any kind, good, bad, or indifferent. And uh, we also love when you share us around all your friends and family. So... But we will see you all next year in 2021. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And a Happy New Year. Check out my summer picks. Here I'm at Total Wine for rosés and Zinfandels. Cool. Here's my boyfriend picking craft beers. Does he work there? Oh, he's more than a summer fling. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Summer vacation, here we come. Yep, I packed the craft beers I got at Total Wine. Did you remember a bathing suit? No, but I did pack a bunch of summer wines. Whites, rosés, Zinfandels. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more.